0: all right y'all welcome back here welcome back here to another episode of the easy money sports podcast of course me myself sanders here And yeah, of course got my boy dupree here with me
1: Happy thanksgiving happy thanksgiving my man what's going on yes sir bro happy 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 belated
0: thanksgiving to youtube bro man hey i can't complain bro just hey man traveling went from Went from Murfreesboro to Memphis back to Murfreesburg in the span of two days, bro. <laughs> oh man. You get on yeah, that road. Yes, sir. I had to had to had to go into the day job today, man. So mm. couldn't really, they, they really couldn't enjoy the festival like that. Man, I wish bro. I wish they would have, bro. Man, I really wish they would have, dog. They they, they ain't give it to us, bro. Nah, we had to be in there. Man, that's tough. That's tough. It's all you sure. got to do what you got to do, though. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't complaining. I got the weekend, also. so... All, all is no. well. All is well, for sure. Man. Bruh, it's... <laughs> it's, it's, it's really crazy, bruh. November really flew by. <laughs> like, came we my boy. For sure. We're about to be in December here soon, bruh. And it's, um... It's just... It's just been getting crazy, man, but... Uh, before we get into uh, actually talking into sports, man, I know, I mean, it's you know, it's you know, kind of, kind of some old news, but still, man, we we want to definitely um, throw this out here and give condolences, man, to uh, the campus at the uh, University of Virginia, um, dealing with what they've been uh, dealing with over the past couple weeks. Obviously, um, the tragic um, shooting that happened um that ended up taking um uh, taking the lives of three three members of the uh the football team um uh, Deshawn Perry Devin Chandler uh Lavelle Davis Jr um all all three of those young men um lost their lost their lives um into a I mean just a I mean a senseless shooting I mean no no other way to put it um and obviously um, dealing with dealing with that um the football team decided to not play their game against Coastal Carolina um last weekend and then also decided not to uh also play their rivalry game against Virginia Tech so um just a a, a sad sad situation overall but obviously uh praying for the praying for the school praying for the praying for the uh the football team praying for the families of course so the 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 young men whose lives were uh, were lost. Um, just a just a sad situation, bro. Overall, um, anything you want to say uh, to that as well to add on to?
2: Yeah, man, that's a um, unfortunate, very unfortunate
1: situation that happened. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Honestly. Having been played the sport and then coaching it now. I don't – how, you know, how that team and that coaching staff and everybody that's in that program, how they're able to move on. Like I completely understand them not playing these last couple of weeks with everything that's going on. Um, you would hope that, especially, you know, Tony Elliott, this is his first year being head coach at Virginia to deal with something like this. Um, they've been struggling this season. And then this happens all in your first year. You definitely don't think you're signing up for something like this uh, to happen in your program as a first year head coach. So I'm hoping that this could be something that they can use to help propel them and you know as, use as motivation with as you know as he's there and really just as long as the program is around, just continue to
2: use this as a.
1: The loss, but use it as 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 motivation to give Virginia football to where they wanted where they wanted to be, as I, obviously ACC contenders and you know possibly national championship and all that type of stuff. But just for the school in general, it's just it's, it's sad. It's sad to to know that you were going somewhere as a you know as a group you know, like a school trip or whatever, you come back and you got one of your former teammates and you know, shooting people on the bus, shot three of your teammates, put another one in the hospital. It's, it's, you know, it's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I don't know how I would handle it. You know, I don't know how I would handle it. So just, like you said, just praying praying for the university, the football program, the families, the friends that were all affected, hoping that they can move on especially you know during this time of the year with family and the holidays and everything hopefully, hopefully they can find the strength to
2: keep getting up and moving forward yeah
0: yeah most definitely for sure um especially to the families just praying that they uh are able to keep their mind um i we, we all know losing a loved one losing a friend um it's, it's not an easy thing to to cope with and go through. So um definitely prayers to the uh whole University of Virginia, uh campus, um, uh, football team, uh families, like you said, Coach Elliott, just uh, everyone we we're here definitely praying for you as well. Um so as we get ready to move on here, we are <laughs> we are down to the the final week here of the regular season. Um in in college football, man, it's been a crazy ride. Uh we seen, you know, we've seen a lot of teams come up, a lot of teams fall down. And uh, man, now we're here down to pretty much rivalry week. Uh so it's 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 uh it's, it's coming down to the to the to the nitty-gritty and we uh one week away, uh pretty much, We're a week away here from the, the college football playoff getting selected and the new year six getting selected and all the different bowl games is coming up uh so as you look into the rankings here the latest rankings obviously no no change in the top four with with georgia ohio state michigan tcu um all coming out victorious last week albeit um <laughs> tcu and michigan both had a scare a major scare (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah uh the the week before so but they they all made it through um and then when you look at five through ten we got um lsu at five usc at six alabama at seven clemson at eight oregon at nine and tennessee falling from five to ten obviously uh they had the biggest effect um losing to um unranked south carolina uh up there in columbia and uh, losing their starting quarterback in Hendon Hooker, um, tough break for for Tennessee. But I um, mean, you look at their top ten there, because uh, I mean now obviously this is what, what we're looking at. I mean, probably outside of Tennessee because there's just no shot of them. Because uh, the ACC championship is, is 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 set up already. It's going to be Georgia and the LSU. So, um. <laughs> When you look at that top ten, though, I mean, you can still throw Tennessee in there, I guess. But if you look at that top ten, what is what is it that kind of that you're noticing that the committee is doing or looking at that you see that's kind of like kind of maybe you're maybe scratching your head about or and in kind of intrigued about how that top ten ranking
1: is. Uh, the the biggest things is LSU and USC have inside track to the playoff. I just basically saying if if LSU wins the SEC, then they're going to get into the playoff. And Georgia is probably going to get into the playoff too. If LSU finds a way to beat Georgia, it's going to end up being two SEC teams in the playoff. And that if USC finds a way to, they they win and beat um, Notre Dame, and then they go and they win the Pac-12, that they'll be in. So, obviously, if Georgia beats LSU, LSU was out. Uh, Ohio State Michigan, going to take care of itself. Um, but the biggest thing was, I mean, obviously, Tennessee losing had the biggest effect, like you mentioned earlier. But LSU jumping to five, if LSU finds a way to win it, I don't see. I mean, you don't, you don't put them at five, and then they win the SEC, and you say they're not going to. <laughs> they won't be in the playoff. I don't see why you would do that. So it seems to me that uh, all you has to do is win. If they win, then they're in it. Obviously, they need to handle Benson, and beat Texas A&M first and then, you know, beat Georgia. But if they win it, then it looks like they're going to be in. That was the biggest surprise to me. I figured that USC would have been at five, but who knows? You know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking at the same thing. I I thought having LSU at five was um kind of surprising for me, um because that that is giving them the inside track to where if they went out, it's a possibility that they're the first ever two lost team getting into the playoff. Um, I mean, then I kind of look at, I mean, I know we we kind of written them off, and I'm looking at Clemson. I mean. Eight is, I mean, so far away, but it's just like I, I I thought maybe that you could put them over Alabama. Maybe I mean, I know like some other fan bases are going to feel a way that, especially you know Tennessee, the fact that they're thinking, okay, wait, we beat Alabama and we beat LSU, how are they ranked ahead of us? But I mean, giving up sixty points to to South Carolina, I mean. Kind of that, that that ruins that. So it it is what it is. But mm-hmm. I'm just kind of looking at Clemson sitting at eight. I mean, there. I mean, it's a, it's far fetched, but it's a puncher's chance. I mean, if they, you know, take care. You know, what well, they have to beat, they have to beat South Carolina first. Um, yeah. They have to beat South Carolina first, and then they'll play North Carolina in the ACC championship game. I mean, they need some. They need some help. Obviously, a, a TCU loss would, would probably help out. A USC loss, either to Notre Dame or even maybe in the Pac-12 championship, um, could give them some. I mean, it's a it's, it's a far shot, but I I kind of like their chances more than a maybe more than the LSU, just because I mean the the road is not as tough. But does does the committee like Clemson enough to even get them back in there? But I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, and obviously, we know that Ohio State Michigan is going to kind of play itself out. Mm-hmm. But, but let's just say—I mean, let's just say for the sake of argument, let's just say it's um, that Ohio State Michigan game is closer than we think it'll be, and TCU slips up and loses. One of these games that they have, I it, I think they got Iowa State this week, and then I probably be a rematch with would it, would it be Kansas
1: State? I think probably, probably Kansas State. Team. Well, Texas won, so I, Texas needs right now. It'd be Kansas State. Texas needs Kansas to beat Kansas State. Mm. So it'll be either
0: Kansas State or Texas for a rematch. I mean, I, basically, I'm out. we, we know that it, it could be a chance that. Two SEC teams could make it, depending on what happens with LSU and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, basically, I guess what I'm asking you is: Do you see? A, do you see a, even a possibility or a chance that they, the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, depending on how they lost, could still be in there, depending on what happens to other
1: schools to other games. The way I could see, I'm, I I think TCU and...
2: Mm. it's assuming that Georgia beats LSU. They would
1: need TCU to lose. One of those big 10 teams, in my opinion, one of those big 10 teams is going to need TCU to lose. If TCU goes and runs the table. I think they're in regardless. Then they might need USC to lose too. But I think if they, if, if that game is close, if that game is close, and TCU loses. I think that's that's the that's the way for the loser of, of Ohio State Michigan can get in. Um, if TCU wins out, I think they're in. No questions asked. Obviously, if Georgia wins, the winner of Ohio State Michigan is in. So that's three teams right there. I think if USC runs the table, they're in as well. But. Well, I mean, really USC as well. So either one of those two, if if TCU or USC loses, I think that's the way for them to. That's the way for them to get in. I think that'll be the way. If, if if that doesn't happen, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I they, We talked a lot about in this show. We talked a lot about Michigan's strength of schedule. Ohio State' strength of schedule isn't all that great either. Um, yeah, but they're gonna need. Either one of those schools, they're going to need either one of them to lose to be able to get it. And the game has to be close. If the game's not close, then I don't know what the committee's going to do. (laughs) If, If Georgia, Ohio State, if Georgia, Ohio State win, and then you have, and Ohio State blows out Michigan, and you have TCU wins out, but USC loses, I don't know what they're going to do.
0: Jesus. Because now,
1: because now, <laughs> because now, a two-loss team potentially has to go win. Or are you gonna put Clemson in if Clemson wins? I they, say yeah. They, 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 HCC, they, yeah usually, like, right? What do you What do you do? So is it if if TCU loses? It's gonna get real wacky. One of those schools if they lose, uh, it's it's gonna get ugly. It's gonna get ugly. I saw a, uh, I saw a post. I, Feel I want to get your opinion on this. Saw so a post on Twitter. Um, one of the coaches that I'm, I'm close with up in Ohio, he asked if, if USC and TCU run the table, who should get in? And to me, once I, I
2: I haven't said this verbally, but
1: the disrespect that has been coming down on TCU, I just I don't understand it I don't get it like people talk about their schedule and it's at the time they won like four or five straight games versus ranked opponents now granted you could say some of those wins going down the line weren't great but regardless they went and beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Kansas and Kansas State and then they went to uh, they went to Texas and beat Texas, and then went to Baylor and found a way to be like they just keep finding ways to win, and they beating these ranked opponents, and they're being talked about like they don't deserve to be in the playoff. Like they're undefeated. If they win their conference, being undefeated, why should they not be in when they beat teams that were ranked at the time? Once again, we talked about the same thing with Tennessee. Tennessee beat some teams that were ranked at the time that they uh, that they played them. With some of those wins, did some of those wins turn out to be so great? Maybe not. The the Kentucky win, yeah, they ain't that great. Kentucky didn't turn out to be what everybody thought it was going to be. Preseason, they beat Pittsburgh. Same game of the season. Pittsburgh was ranked. Was that a great win? Eh, that win isn't all that all that flashy either. That they had the big win against Alabama, but some of those other wins just weren't as great. So you could say the same thing for some of the other teams that they had in that top five, top six, top seven, you know, spots in the, in the rankings. So why but – but teams like Tennessee lost. Alabama lost. Like, TCU was undefeated doing this, finding ways to win late, coming back, winning games, winning coach, winning big, on the road, away. And people are are talking like if USC and TCU run the table, and people are actually saying that USC should get in over them. So I just I don't understand. I, what, what's your take on that? I just I don't understand the the lack of respect that TCU is getting. Not just I think more so just from the general public, and even I mean you could say the committee. I mean committee has them at number four, but. They, I mean, if the playoff would start right now, they'd be in. So maybe it's not disrespect, but the lack of respect that they are getting just throughout the country from the general public. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't know what else, what else they have to do outside of going defeated and win the conference to signify that they deserve to be in the playoff.
0: I mean, why would that even be a, a debate? Why, why would we? Why would you leave out a team that's undefeated um, in a in a Power Five conference? I mean, because obviously, you know, there's been a couple years where you know a group of five teams have have ran the table and gone undefeated, and you know, I can kind of understand where you can be like, well, I don't know. They didn't really outside of you know, obviously, last year with Cincinnati um, running the table and playing the teams that they played. they earned that, but you know, other other group of five teams didn't really play uh, you know, top notch teams or big teams, you know, from from time to time and in non-conference uh, to get those, you know, to go undefeated and get those twelve wins and to put them in the playoff. But why would why would we leave out uh, a power five team who's undefeated in their conference? Why would we leave them out of the playoff? Uh, well, to, to me, that wouldn't even be a debate. I mean, if it's TCU, USC, like, see this. I think this is a problem with some, some, some of these people, bruh. They too busy wanting to try to say, well, this matchup won't be great. This, this need to mm-hmm. be this matchup. This need to be that matchup. That's bruh, definitely part of it. Let's, but like, like let's just be honest, bro. Like, the, the there hasn't been what it might have been probably I in my in, in my. In my head, off the top of my head, it's probably only been two good semifinal matchups. That was the um, the Rose Bowl between Georgia and Oklahoma that went into double overtime, mm-hmm. and the first time Clemson and Ohio State played each other in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, other than that, the, the the semifinal matchups been like blowouts, but it's been it's been blowouts. So it it really did, like. Why, to me, it really don't even matter because I honestly I feel like I feel like each year that we've had the playoff, when it at least comes down to the championship game, we've had the best the best two teams play each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe outside of that 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 twenty nineteen matchup to where Ohio State might have would have got Clemson that year. And you know, Justin Fields throw the inter- throws the an interception, and Clemson you know hangs on to go play LSU. But other than that, I really feel like each year we've had the two best teams play each other in the championship game. Ain't that mm-hmm. what we, ain't that ain't that what we had the playoff for? That way at least it gets settled out on the field. So why why are we so worried about why are we so worried about? Where if TCU gets in at four and they play Georgia, Georgia would be the brace out of them. I mean that sounds good, but we don't know that. That's why the game still has to be played. And who's to say that USC would? Who's to say USC would have a chance against Georgia if it's going to be one four? So, like, what are we doing? I just to me, I think that's that's like crazy. Like, why are we setting these guidelines to have to to determine who can get in and who's not, or who can't get in into the Playoff? If we're not gonna follow a buy, uh, follow and abide by them, if TCU was undefeated and USC is just having this one loss, what's what's the debate like? What what are we debating on? Because TC because TCU hadn't played anybody. I yeah. mean USC USC non conference schedule really ain't. Ain't all that neither. I mean, I don't, I, I don't remember who they played non-conference-wise, off the top of my head. And they one loss was in conference to U for, to Utah. Notre Dame is probably going to be their best non-conference matchup that they got. I don't, I don't. I mean, we can, I can. I mean, I can kind of look at the schedule and see about that. I don't think USC played anybody tough non-conference themselves, so or in the conference outside of having the the good game they just had with UCLA. Um, but the loss to Utah. I mean Rice, Fresno State. (laughs) Really? Yeah. So I mean that that's that that's USC's non-conference schedule. Rice, Fresno State, and then they got Notre Dame here as they as they they you know yearly robbery. So. I don't even see why that could even be a debate if TCU runs the table and go twelve No, Because if that's the case, they would have found a way to put somebody else in there outside of Cincinnati last year. Yeah, but they but they couldn't because of who they play. But I feel like I feel like you can't do that to a power five team, not not to a power five conference. They if they go
1: undefeated, you got to put them in. Yeah, that's how I feel. I, it's I, it's it, it's what you said. It's the matchups. It's the matchups, the the some glamour matchups. And then it's, I mean, it's, I believe that me and you both agree that college football is better when USC is good. Yeah. College football is better when USC is good. So that's also part of it, too. The last time USC was even thought about in a national championship picture was when Pete Carroll was there. <laughs> that's it. That's the last time I can remember. When USC was actually thought of as a serious, to my at this point in the season, as a serious national championship contender. So you have now you finally have a representative. You have USC, a brand and a logo that people are familiar with and know. And so, with them being back on this national stage with Lincoln Riley as the head coach, with Caleb Williams and, Williams and what he's been doing people want to see that. And so that, that's the, that's, that's what it is. man. That's what it is. It frustrates me, but it, it is what it is.
0: It, it for it's, me too, because I don't, I, <laughs> I feel like when they came up, when they came up with this idea for the playoff, man, like it was supposed to be to where, you know what I'm saying? To where really nobody gets left out. And it's, it's, it's equally fair. Like, and, I
1: don't. I don't know. I don't understand. This, it, but what uh, the the best way I can describe it is: if this was Oklahoma, we wouldn't be having this discussion. No question. Heck, maybe even this was, if this was Texas. Yeah. If this was Texas, we wouldn't be having this discussion. I know you about to Heck, say, even, if was, even if it was almost Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State.
0: Yeah, if it was Oklahoma State, I don't think it would be a discussion.
1: But, but because it's TCU, that's why we're having this discussion. But if, it, if we were talking about Oklahoma right now, there would be no Oklahoma would have to lose. Not be it. if Oklahoma didn't lose, then they would they would be in the playoff. No question asked. Undefeated conference champ, they're in, and USC is up. But it's not one of those blue blood schools, man. Money, 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 yeah. money. Yep. What it
0: boils down to. Thinking about the. I guess thinking about you know thinking about the travel and who what what fan base can show up and everything like that. that I mean, man, that's uh, that, that, that. I mean, that sounds good, but it, it, in the end, like we want to watch good football, man. So
1: I feel like that's what this was supposed to be here for is to produce good football, it's it, and it's the teams it, that proved it all year. I want to see the teams that proved it all year. My they clue. did it.
0: That's it. <laughs> they proved it all year. That's what I want to see. And that's who I want to see. Exactly, man. But <clears throat> of course, a lot of a lot will get figured out here this week, obviously. Um, and it's rivalry week. Uh a, a lot of a lot of big rivalries going down. Um actually, you know, started started yesterday, um, Thanksgiving night with uh the egg bowl with Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Uh, a couple other rivalries going on tonight, tomorrow. Obviously, we got a, a, a ton of them. And, you know, it, it got me to thinking. I know one time we listed our top five rivalries um, on a, a few, uh, maybe a year or so back or a couple of years back when we were talking, when we, I was talking about robbery week. So this time I wanted to go, like, I wanted to go in a different route with it. And I was thinking, what are your top three Underrated rivalries, like you know, we we know about the Iron Bowl, the Red River Shootout, the game, mm-hmm. the, the the game. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's plenty of the Army Navy, you know. It's, yeah. U.S.C. Notre Dame, whole, yeah. U.S.C. Notre Dame, uh, you know, Michigan Notre Dame. I mean. You know, it's 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 a ton. It's a ton of you know big rivalries that we see that we that we you know that we think about, um, that we know like off the top. But what are some what are some rivalries that, is, like I said, that's just underrated, like in your opinion, and you know they don't get talked about enough, but they are they some they some dang good rivalry games.
1: Well, one that one for me, the first one is a uh, Oregon Oregon State the Civil War. Out there on the West Coast, I think that's a game that is not talked about a lot. That's a rivalry that is not talked about a lot. I'm talking about two teams and two schools that go at it um, this year. That's one of the rate matchups. You got Oregon. This year is number nine. Oregon State is number number twenty one in the country. But I think partially because of it being on the West Coast and um. Being over here on the East Coast, you know how we are, man. We don't stay up to watch those games that come on at ten thirty <laughs> and all that. Um, but I think that's an under underrated rivalry. I, those games are normally competitive, and you have Oregon State, though or going to be ranked, you know, ranked top ten or whatever, looking for looking to you know do whatever, whether it be Pac twelve championship or uh, contending for a national championship in Oregon State, or find a way to to beat them, whether it be in Eugene or in Corvallis. Um, So I definitely think that's one. i go Oregon State, Oregon. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize how big the uh, South Carolina-Clemson rivalry is. I'll go with that as my second one. Um, Obviously, having ties to to the state of South Carolina with my, my dad being from here and spending time here. I'm in South Carolina right now. So people outside of the state might not realize how big of a rivalry game it is. But this is it's a, it's a big deal to a lot of people around here. It's, it's almost the same deal as you get to uh, the Auburn, Alabama, where you're born and, okay, you got you to pick. I mean, my family is split down the middle. <laughs> and my family is split down the middle between Clemson and, and Carolina, South Carolina fans. Um, but Ooh. that's another one. Where you have, you know, you had the Spurrier days where Carolina, South Carolina, won about six, six straight, and then Dabo, when Deshaun Watson got to Clemson, they rattled off like eight. So you got these runs and this and that. These close games, Carolina had them on the ropes a couple years ago, had injuries to the defense they couldn't get them, then they come back the next year, um, and Clemson um, blew them out. So. I I think that's another one that people really don't pay attention to. That's a good rivalry. Um, And then lastly, lastly, I think people talk about this rivalry, but because there's so many schools in the state, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But Florida, Florida State, they're playing right now, but Florida, Florida State Mm. is, is a big one. And it kind of, like I said, it kind of gets lost because you got, you have the Florida Florida State, Miami. You have, you know, the Florida, Miami. You have those, you know, the whole state is kind of vying for, you know, to see who's tops in, in the state, who's the best team in the state. But that Florida-Florida State game, man, is big. That Florida-Florida State game is big, big, big. And you're talking, obviously going back into the 90s, those two teams, they, you know, they were, if it, whether it was Florida State, Miami, or Florida, Florida State, a lot of times those, Florida, Florida State was deciding who was going to be playing for the national championship. Right. Um, But Bobby Bowden and Steve Spurrier were there. That was deciding who was going to be the national champion or go to to play for the national championship. You got Heisman Trophy winners all over the place on both sides. So I'm going to go with those three. Uh, uh, Oregon, Oregon State, South Carolina, Clemson, and then Florida, Florida State. Those are my three that I think are Underrated.
0: I like. I like those. Man, I. I kind of. I kind of. I don't want to say I dug deep, but I kind of, you know, looked over and I was like, "Man, these are kind of. They don't. I feel like they don't get talked enough because they're not like some. They're not like the bigger schools, um, like mm-hmm. in their respective conferences. But I, I do feel like uh, they they provide a lot of. Um, a lot of good football and a lot of entertainment. Um, so, my three underrated rivalries. I went with the first one. I'm going with. Um, I'm going with Wisconsin and Minnesota. Um, okay. Is that Paul Bunyan? Yeah the the, the Paul Bunyan X. Okay. Um, and you know, obviously, I think I think for a minute, you know, it was the the rivalry was dominated by by Wisconsin but since PJ Fleck is taking over in Minnesota in these past four seasons i think they're split 2-2 um so uh you know it's a it's a it's a it's an intriguing rivalry i mean like i said i think it doesn't get a lot of attention compared to you know some of the other uh, big 10 rivalry games obviously it gets it gets over, overshadowed from uh michigan ohio state um falling on that same weekend but I, I think that's a that's an underrated rivalry right there. Um another one I'ma go with, I'm gonna go into the well they've been rivals for a long time, but now since their the realignment brought them back together, um my second underrated rivalry, I'm going with Texas AM and Arkansas. Um man, I mean, think about it, but it seems like every year that game goes down. With like a, a crazy play happening, or just dramatic finishes like overtimes, like one possession games. I just feel like it's just been it's just been you know dramatic finishes from some, each time that the, these two teams meet up. Even even this past year, we saw what happened this year uh, between you know Texas and Arkansas. You know KJ Jefferson fumbling at the one, and that gets turned it into an AM touchdown and then the, the the missed kick at the end where it just I don't even know how it ends up missing but <laughs> like uh, Texas AM and Arkansas year in and year out has been given like crazy games. And then I I'm, I'm gonna go with another Big Ten rivalry, even though it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily follow on that rivalry week just like Texas AM and Arkansas doesn't. Um but uh Ohio State Penn State I think that 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 rivalry game doesn't get a lot of credit uh, for what is for for what it for what it is too. I I know from time to time that you know it's, it's you kind of see Ohio State come out on top for the most times, but I mean, man, you had that bro, you had that that three year span from like three to four year span from like twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen to where like it was dramatic each year, yeah, bro. It was I mean, you know. It was, it, yeah, it was, it was there. So I, you know, that was one, um, that, that was, that was like my, 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 those are my three, um, underrated rivalries there, Ohio State, Penn State, Texas A&M, Arkansas, um, and, and Wisconsin, Minnesota. I mean, there, there was a couple other ones that I kind of thought about, um, you know, low key Florida LSU was a good one, a good underrated mm-hmm. rivalry, um, Man, I'm trying to think. It was a, it was another one I kind of saw. Uh, I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State can can get crazy from yeah. time to time. Bellum gets I crazy. About yeah, Bellum gets crazy from time to time for sure. Um, man, and even um, even like Iowa, Iowa State. Um, that one, that one's a pretty good like underrated yeah, one yeah.
1: for sure. Um, yeah, I'm, man, but what, bro? I really like that. I'm, I'm mad that I missed that. That Texas A&M, Arkansas, I really like that game. Like, that's, that's – it, it seems that's like, right, year few, in, the year the out, few, something dramatic is going to happen. Like that's one of the few ones that I'll – like SEC, where I'll sit down and like I'll watch. I'll watch that one from start to finish. That's – that's a, I like that. That's a that's a good rivalry, man. That's a good rivalry. And I think – you know, we kind of talk about it. I think they need to go back to playing some of the. I know in you know, all these conference realignments and everything like that, but some of these rivalries they need to keep, regardless of conference. Like Texas A and M and yeah. Texas should still be playing every year. Yeah, so like that's a rivalry that, like for crying out loud, in Texas's fight song they're talking about Texas A and M, like in the fight song. <laughs> they're talking about A&M, like, how are you not playing? I know they're not in the same conference. So you know they will be in a couple of years, but, like, they should be playing every year. Like, there's there are some rivalry games that, regardless of conference or whatever, they need to be playing. So, that's a good one. That's a good one that they got back. Arkansas and A&M and then Ohio State-Penn State is State, a good one too, people. That's one that you don't, like you said, you, you, you think of Ohio State, you think Michigan. You don't think Penn State, but those two, that's a those two schools right there. They don't like each other. And then obviously, I'll throw another one in there. Um, obviously, you got publicity for the wrong reasons. But Michigan, Michigan State, that's another one mm, too. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, another another rivalry. Two schools that share the state. You know, share battle lines, recruiting, and all that type of stuff, and everything too. But that A and M, Arkansas, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a couple of other ones that I know some other people might say, well, hey, what about this one? What about that one? Uh, I mean, may y'all let us know when this episode drop. Y'all, we'll, we'll, we'll drop that in there. What's y'all underrated rivalries that don't get enough credit, uh, you know, for what it is or don't get talked about enough for how exciting the, the, the rivalry is? I, I know there's a couple that some might mention. I ain't gonna say which one it is. I, I wouldn't be shocked if I seen them in the comments if whenever we drop them, but. Definitely, man. As robbery week goes on, we are go gonna go ahead and go into these pickings for college football, man. So the first game we got on tap, on tap we'll go with um. Uh, obviously, all three of these games that we got here has huge, huge playoff implications, conference implications in them as well. Um, so we got Iowa State going down to Fort Worth to take on number four TCU. We mentioned earlier in the show TCU literally went down and. In a minute, <laughs> like, use every <laughs> last second, um, and got that game when field goal off. I, you know, this the group chat was going crazy because we was like, bro, what, what are they doing? Why are they running the ball? Like, was in boy, but they, you know, they made it work. Uh, so Iowa State, TCU, um, obviously, you know, still not a not a, not an easy task here because you know, Iowa State, uh. They they know from catching people slipping from time to time, but Mm -hmm. um, TCU has kind of been you know living on the edge for the past few weeks. Do they can they survive another week like that living out on the edge, or do they need to come out here and take care of business um, against Iowa State? Who
1: who you got? I'm picking TCU, but they 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 can't keep. They can't keep playing like that. They can't keep playing with fire. And I know they dealt with some injuries last week um, at Baylor. There was the running back, the running back got hurt. Oh, the top receiver got hurt, and everything too. So offensively, they were playing um, with one hand tied behind their back, essentially. Um, but they can't. They can't fool around with Iowa State. They need to go ahead and win this game. Win it outright. Yeah, I'm not saying they need to go and blow if they blow them out that that's fine. But they just need to take control of this game, win this football game, and get ready for the for the Big Twelve Championship. And this year's TCU fashion, if they find if they win a close game, then okay, they've been doing it all year. But I think Sonny Dykes would tell you, let's let's go out here, let's handle business, let's win this football game. And especially you're talking about senior day too. Let's go out here, let's win this game and let's head into the Big 12 Championship. You definitely can't overlook Iowa State. It's not so much of a, we're looking forward to, obviously you're looking forward to the Big 12 Championship, but not looking past Iowa State. It's just a, let's handle business. Let's not give give them any chance of winning this, give them any hope that they can win this game. Let's win this at home, handle business, and then let's head into Championship Week. So I'm going to go with TCU, but... I don't know how many times you can you can win, keep winning games like that. At some point, it'll catch up with you. And this is definitely not the week you need it to.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. I'm going to go with TCU as well. I, But they definitely need to make sure they take care of business. And I mean, it, it didn't even necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily saying they got to win by, like, two touchdowns, you know, 17, 20 points. It's not even that. It's just more so just kind of like um, they're, they they take control. They don't fall behind. They don't stay behind. Just kind of, you know, keep that lead. I mean, you know, if you get it out, out up, you know, 10 points, 17 points, and that's fine. Just kind of keep, you know, Keep Make sure that you're staying away from Iowa State to not keep them in the game. But, I mean, if you blow them out, that'll be that'll be nice too. But uh, they just, yeah, I don't know if they can go another week like that to where they're living on the edge. Because uh, last week was probably the closest that they would want to get to on that. So I'm going to go with TCU as well. But they definitely need to make sure that they take care of business and make sure that they're not looking ahead to the Big 12 Championship. Uh, next game we got on tap. Um a big rivalry game in itself. Um it's non conference, but obviously they've had countless of countless of times to where they've they've met up in um uh a lot of games have gone down to the to the very end. Um there's no number fifteen Notre Dame against number six USC. Um Man, it's a it's a, that's a trophy game too, ain't it? Yeah it is. I I can't think of the name of the trophy right now, but that's a trophy game. Yeah. Um I mean Obviously, we you know we've seen a few classics. You know, obviously the, the Bush push from two thousand five. Um, I think Sam Donner had a pretty good game one year against against uh, Notre Dame. Obviously, twenty twelve Notre Dame took care of USC to to on their way to a national championship game. So uh, I would, you know these these teams meet up year in and year out, and this it's a it's it's a great rivalry game. Um, you know, Caleb Williams trying to get USC to to 11-1 and get ready for that Pac-12 championship game. Um, and then, of course, Notre Dame just always would, would love to just, you know, play spoiler here, obviously. So, man, um,
1: who you got in this one? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. You talk about this is not the year that Notre Dame thought they would have, especially starting out the year, then they, they get Clemson. And they beat Clemson at home, and that kind of turns the tide in their season. And they're sitting at eight and three, number fi- rate number fifteen in the country. And now you're going on the road to play a USC team, where now, I mean, I mean Notre Dame is hit their stride. Notre Dame has hit their stride, I and mean, they've won the last five games, won five games in a row. Um, that defense is playing well. I think that's really what it's gonna come down to um in this game. Can coming off that emotional win that USC had last week, being UCLA, and that was a great game. But how emotional that game was, can USC really back in and play another game just like that? Because we could have we could've mentioned USC UCLA as a as a rivalry that is underrated because everybody talks about USC-Notre Dame. USC-UCLA, that could be a rivalry that is, not, that is underrated as well, and that game was so emotional. You saw the emotion, the passion on both sides. Can they really back in, bring it back together, and get ready to play another tough game against another Dame team who has nothing to lose, and like you said, would, is, would be more than happy to come in and spoil everything for USC. Um, The question obviously is, does Notre Dame have enough offense to hang with USC? But I think Notre Dame's defense will be able to create some turnovers and get Notre Dame the ball. I think they, they go into this game with the same mindset, the same type of game plan that they had against Clemson. Um, And I'm going to take Notre Dame, man. I'm going to take Notre Dame to, to to cash in on the upset on the road. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I think they're going to uh, back-to-back weeks where this playoff thing is going is to get jacked up.
0: Ooh. I kind of like that. I mean, USC's only favorite by four and a half, so mm-hmm. that's kind of... What you're talking about is showing big respect to that Notre Dame defense um, for sure. Man, I'm not going to lie. I think I'm nervous because I I do like Notre Dame's chance in this to to pull off this upset. But I'm going to go with USC just just because of the fact that it's going to be in the Coliseum. Um, I think that may give them a little bit of an edge. Um. And I, I I kinda like uh I think Caleb Williams would just find a way to just make those plays for to for the Trojans and to keep them to stay afloat. It's it's gonna be close. Um I may even take Notre Dame to on, on the points to, to to cover that four and a half. Um, but I think in the end, I think it'd be just enough of Caleb Williams, just kinda like what he did last week against UCLA. Uh, it'd be just enough to where they make those plays um, more than what Notre Dame would, and, and to kind of make the just the right amount of plays against that that uh, Fighting Irish defense um, to where USC would come out on top. So I'm gonna go with USC just because it is in the Coliseum, and mm-hmm. I, and I think Caleb Williams is just he's a he's showing even here at USC he's just a special talent to where he can make that play that makes that difference in a football game um and then the last game on tap on tap um it's the first game that we will probably see <laughs> uh tomorrow morning but for sure the biggest um the biggest game of the week mm-hmm. and we kind of all saw it coming obviously there was a collision course to see i mean there was a couple teams obviously that both both uh teams need to kind of get past to to meet here but we've been kind of talking about this really probably since the playoff rankings you know first started to drop this year that ohio state and michigan was on a collision course to where they will both come into their game undefeated at 11 and 0 I think this is the what? This is like the first matchup since I think like two thousand five that they're both ranked in like the top three. No, they a, I think they had that matchup where they were both one and two um going into that game undefeated and the winner was gonna go to the to the national championship game. So man, it's it's a lot. It is a lot on the line in this game. This is I mean like we said, it's it's a de facto elimination game, barring on what else happens around the country. But if everything else stays put, this is pretty much an elimination game because the winner of this wins the Big Ten East and then they go against uh what is looking like possibly Purdue. Um yeah, in the in the Big Ten in the Big Ten West, as long as Purdue takes care of Indiana. Um, it looks like it's gonna be Purdue. So the winner of this is gonna get Purdue and then obviously I mean I think either team is is better than Purdue respectfully. Um I mean this this is probably is the big ten championship game, unfortunately. You know, I don't mean to like discredit Purdue like that, but man, Michigan, Ohio State obviously last year Michigan finally um broke the that long streak that Ohio State had against them. Um, pulling out the dub in Ann Arbor, but this year it is in Columbus, and if I'm not mistaken, it's been a long time <laughs> since Michigan has beaten um, Ohio State in 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 Columbus. I think it's been a long. I think it's been a long time. I'm, 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 a, I'm about to pull it up here now. I, I think it's been a very, very long time <laughs> since. Uh, let's see. Jeez, these are just the rank matchups. Let's see. Here we go. In Columbus, when's the last time? Two thousand. That's the Spent last two years. Do. It's been twenty-two years. That's the last time Michigan beat uh, beat Ohio State in Columbus, two thousand. It was thirty-eight to twenty-six. That's the last time Michigan beat Ohio State in Columbus. So it's, it's it's been it's been twenty it's been over twenty years. It's been twenty-two years since that has happened, and and, and so and on uh, the last, I mean, the last 15 years, Michigan has only won twice. 20, mm-hmm. 2011 and, and last year. So, who, who you got, bro? <laughs> uh,
2: I'll say this.
1: the You hear about these rivalry games and with certain schools and certain rivalries you hear, you know, yeah, we don't, you know, we don't like them. They don't like us. We, you know, we're prepared to beat them all year or, you know, we don't say their name or whatever it is. Um, I remember t- telling you guys this that us as a staff, we were able to go and visit Ohio state this year doing their spring pra- practice and we all them for spring practice. And when I tell you that that rivalry is real where they do not say that team's name, they do not. Um, when they, when I, when I say they prepare all year to beat them, that is what they do. They, they have dummies. (laughs) They have like tackling dummies in their facility. They have Michigan taped on them. Um, whether it be for the O line, linebackers, D line, they have um, a period. I'll just say it like this, they have a um a period I know, during during um their practices where they're preparing for them. This is it's, it's real. It's real. I saw a video yesterday, they were going through practice, they had a period where it's called the team up north period, literally. Mm. <laughs> And it's called the Team Up North period. And there was a point in the video, and you can go and look it up. It's on Ohio State's Instagram page, gearing up for the game, where they literally have the scout team dressed up in Michigan stuff. They literally have them dressed like, and they got some navy blue helmets, and they have the gym logo on them, and they have them in navy blue jerseys for the game. It's insane to me. Like it's insane that they literally prepare all year for this game, man. I'm pretty sure Michigan is the same way. So this this rivalry goes goes back, and and it's for real. Um, and obviously to for Ohio State to lose like they did last year, I know that didn't sit well with a lot of those guys. Especially you had a lot of those guys that were young and were able to going to be able to come back and and get that one. And and I could feel at that practice, just that one practice that that, that was. That loss was still stinging. The loss they had because that essentially ended their season. They, I mean, they didn't. Michigan went on to, you know, win the Big Big Ten and went to the playoff, and Ohio State played in whatever bowl they played in. Oh, the uh, the uh, road Rose Bowl. Ball. Yeah. So that ended their season essentially from winning a national championship. So I think Ohio State is going to come in ready to play. I think are good. I think Michigan gonna be ready to play. Blake Quorum's health is concerning for me. If he's not 100%, I think this could get ugly. They need him to be effective. They have got to play – Michigan has got to play solid defense and be able to play keep away and keep this football away from Ohio State. But just his health and not really knowing if he's going to be 100%, I'm going to go with Ohio State. I think Ohio State wins at home. I think them being at home is also a big factor in this, too. I'm going to go with Ohio State.
0: Yeah, Blake, Blake Cormhill scares me, too, just because if, if they can't run the ball effectively, I don't know how much I can put my trust into J.J. McCarthy. At the moment, right now, um, and and the thing is, they got like talented receivers. I mean, Ronnie Bell is, is good. They have a a, a good plethora of like skill skill guys there outside of the running backs. It's just that I don't know. Like last week, JJ J. J. McCarthy missed a bunch of throws uh, against mm-hmm. Illinois. You can't miss those against an Ohio State team. If if Michigan plays like how they played against Illinois against Ohio State, three touchdowns. They're gonna out. They're it's a good blowout. It's gonna be over, and I'm talking about. I'm talking about over like it may be over by halftime, um, because Ohio State is not gonna miss out on those unless unless both teams end up playing sloppy. Um, it ends up being low scoring. I I don't know. I don't really I don't really see it happening. Um, the weather is gonna be fair. I mean, forty nine, forty nine mm-hmm. degrees. Um, you know. Partly cloudy. Even the sun may be out a little bit, but so that you know, who knows what the wind may be like. But I don't think it's going to be uh, super windy or anything like that. But um, Ohio State favored by eight points, so they're giving them pretty much a touchdown, making them a touchdown favorite or a little bit over a touchdown favorite. Um, I I'm right there with you. I'm going with Ohio State as well. I just think. Um, that's gonna be challenging for Michigan. Just the fact that you know, last year they got over the hurdle of just finally winning a game, but mm-hmm. it took them you know over a decade. But the fact that they haven't won in Columbus in over twenty years, uh years—that's that just that's just mean that there's just something about it that they just can't get over, and I don't think this year is the year. Um. Just, I think it's gonna be too much, too much. C.J. Stroud, too much. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, and I mean, I don't know what's the. Um, it's uh, man, it's uh, what's the running back name? Not not Mike, not Henderson. Maya Williams. Henderson, yeah, it's,
1: uh, is uh, is, he, is he playing? Is, Tra- is Tavion Henderson playing? I I believe so. I haven't seen anything that says okay. he's out. Um, okay. I would believe so. I know he was kind of dealing with some stuff last last week against Maryland. So yeah, we'll see. And I mean, we talked. About, you, know, you mentioned how Michigan looked against against Illinois. How state didn't look all too hot against Maryland either. Against Maryland, yeah. yeah, yeah. That defense didn't look too hot either. So they had some stuff they had to get together too. But yeah, I don't. I haven't seen anything about Trey Trey Henderson not playing. So. Yeah, so I, I I
0: I'm gonna go there. I think I think uh, Ohio State finds a way to pull it out and they uh they uh they beat Michigan. Um, but uh, like I said, definitely gonna be glued to it for sure. Uh, I'm I mean I'm not I'm not that big of a you know either team, but when the stakes are this high, I, I, I'm gonna watch it. I mean <laughs> this is gonna be good football for sure. Man, and now we'll we get ready to transition over um, uh, to the NFL. Do some NFL talk here. So we are now into what are we in? Week twelve? Week twelve? Week thirteen? Where do we at? Thirteen? Twelve? I think. Ooh, yeah. We week twelve. Week t- man, week twelve. So we got we got six weeks left in the season. So yeah, that's about right. We got about everybody got about six or seven games left here. So. Man, we getting closer here to now to, to December for the NFL and this is where teams are starting to either, you know, separate themselves. So we start to see the contenders and the pretenders. Um but man, we got we got we got dudes off the field going on too here, uh, with um with one star receiver, former star receiver, Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr. So uh apparently the sweepstakes it has it's come down to either a reunion with the, the New York Giants or possibly with the Dallas Cowboys. Um I think at one point I was hearing about the Kansas City Chiefs. Um don't know if they're like really still in the running like that but obviously Beckham is looking to try to sign with a team here in the next week or so, next week or two. Um who do you think is like the best fit for,
1: for Beckham? From what I've seen it's between Dallas and the Giants. And if it's between those two teams, I would say it's Dallas. And I would say it's Dallas because of Dak Prescott. If I had to choose between those two quarterbacks, then I'm going with Dak Prescott. I'm, I'm not... I'm not rolling with, I'm not rolling with uh, Daniel Jones. There's no slight to Daniel Jones, but that the Giants offense is in desperate need, in my opinion, of a receiver losing Sterling Shepard. They didn't have Sterling Shepard um, against Dallas yesterday, so that was that was tough. They're in desperate need of a receiver. Um, I just don't know. That defense for the, for the Giants is great. They have a very very good defense as well. I just don't know. I just don't know about Daniel Jones. Now if I had to pick between those two quarterbacks, Dallas. We talked about their defense all year as being one of the top defenses in the league. We're talking about all three levels, from pass rush, to pass defense. They've you know they've they've had their trouble stopping the run, but when it comes time. And it happened the other day against the Giants when they needed a play from the pass rushers. They got one, got sacks, um, QB hurries, things of that nature. I just think that Dallas' offense isn't all the way there. I think in the addition of Odell Beckham, you add him with CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, with uh, Schultz, the tight end, and then obviously Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. You... You're talking about an offense now that might be able to actually complement that defense for the Cowboys. So if I'm Odell and it's between the uh, the Cowboys and the Giants, I will I will roll with the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, I, I would too. Um, it, it's funny I was discussing was actually discussing Odell um, Odell Beckham um, with a couple of family members and you know. I I like the the return to New York sounds nice, like it does. Because mm-hmm. I don't think he never really wanted to to leave there. Uh, I think stuff just kind of happened to where he just it he he had to be dealt. Um, but you know, him coming up on thirty or he is thirty, I can't remember which one it actually is. If he's coming up on thirty or is thirty, um, two major knee surgeries. I mean, if you put him there in New York now, you're kind of asking him to kind of be like that star number one receiver. And it's not saying that he can't, but I just think that's a lot of pressure to put on him to try to to be that number one receiver there mm-hmm. for the time being. To where you can go to Dallas and you already got a CD Lamb there. You got a Michael Gallup there. There's a Dalton Schultz, the backfield with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Um and then there's Dak Prescott. It's almost just like him, him being with the Rams again. To where like you gotta got a guy to where. I mean it's. I mean obviously C.D. Lamb isn't Cooper Cup, but I, I still think that C.D. Lamb is still young, but has the potential to be a number one receiver. I still think he would be even even with Beckham there. I still think he would be the number one wide receiver there. Uh, you put Michael Gallup to where he can work in the slot and be that three. Um. I and mean, then obviously there's still Dawson shorts right there, at tight end, and you got the running backs back there. So I think this, it's that situation where you put him in like in L.A., just have him get adjusted to the playbook, um, work him in, give him some packages, and you let him you know, work to where he can work, um, get him back into the game, and and then boom, there you go. Like he can be like that guy. He can still play. Like mm, he can no, still no play no the problem. position. He can still play the position, which is what I was discussing with some of my family members he can still play to the, the position but not to try to put him to where he has to be the number one receiver or the number one target like let somebody else kind of still be that number that wide receiver one but he can fit in wherever he can fit in that plug and play get him some packages uh you know just allow him to to touch the football get back out there on the, on the field and and let him work his magic and you know, help help that team. You know, go on a run here to to win. You know, to win the Super Bowl. I mean, because let I mean, the NFC is it's kind of wide open. I mean, there's still Philly, um, but then obviously Dallas is right there. Minnesota is right there. Um, which and which we'll get into. We'll get into all that here in a little bit later. But um, I mean, it's 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 wide open there in the NFC. So therefore, why not just send them there? To Dallas, plug you know plug and play. Get him some packages. Let him work his way in there instead of kind of forcing him to be the number one receiver. He can just kind of be Odell and and, and, and be all right. So uh, that's where I'm looking at, too. If he is going to sign with anybody, and if it's between the Cowboys and the Giants, I do like it better for him to be down in Dallas uh, with the Cowboys just because the situation is is is, is better. Um, I think they have a better chance of winning more than the Giants do. Um, in in my opinion. So
1: Yeah, and it, it goes down to that comparison that you made with the Rams. You are, you had Cooper Cup there, you had uh Van Jefferson there, like you had some guys already there, uh he beat the tight end, so you had some guys. The obviously Cooper Cup was the triple triple crown camp uh champ, excuse me. So He could just go, do his thing, get familiar. Okay, I know these, you know, this play, that play, certain packages. And as the season progressed, he was became more and more of a part of the offense to the point where I think a lot of people agree he was going to end up being the MVP had he not gotten hurt. So Dallas is that is that same has that same setup in that same feel right now. So I like that. I like that comparison. I like that comparison to the Rams. Don't yeah, know if
0: they're going to win the Super Bowl, but yeah, but that that's the vibe I'm getting. To where it's just kind of like you know, they could, it could. It's possible they could go on a run, but I don't think you know could Dallas win the Super Bowl? Eh, I don't know. We'll see. But <laughs> um, that's just that's just where it is with, with that. But that's. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see here because, obviously, um, once he makes that signing, whenever that happens, because he is medical, cre- medically cleared from his ACL injury, so uh, he is good to go wherever he'll be at. Uh, man, and then speaking of all these other teams here, like I said, we're now 12 weeks in, so some teams have played 10, coming up on 11 games here after Sunday. um, And we, we, we're getting closer and closer to where we're seeing, like, the playoff pitcher is starting to develop. Um, and you know, there's some teams there that we think, you know, are locks in there, and then there are other teams that are kind of still fighting and clawing their way in to position themselves. But if you look out in each conference, both in the AFC and the NFC, you know, do you have your tier, like I said, your tiers of where these are your top dogs, then but what's that next tier to where there's a team that they may not be getting talked about enough. But in the long run, come time to where, if they could get into the playoffs, um, they 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 scare the hell out of you, and you wouldn't want to see them anytime soon. You going for both conferences. Yeah.
2: Well, for the
1: AFC, I, I I'll I'll give you two. But in the AFC, people are talking about this team. I don't know how much respect they're really, really getting because of Kansas City and Buffalo. But the Miami Dolphins just scary everybody, in my opinion. They haven't – the three games that they lost, they lost when Tua wasn't a starter. They haven't lost a game that Tua started and finished. Any game that Tua has – finished they've won they're undefeated with him as the quarterback with that offense with the guys they have on defense again the guys like you got you you had Bradley Chubb a couple weeks ago you get him integrated in the defense as well Miami should scare people and Buffalo they're already one up on Buffalo so Buffalo shouldn't get too like we talk about the Bills you know they have the three losses being one of the better teams in the not just in the AFC, but just in the in the NFL in general. They they can't slip up. They cannot slip up because Miami is right there. Miami is right there on their heels. So I would say I would say Miami, and then the the second team I would say is Cincinnati. Cincinnati, once they get Jamar Chase back, once again, this is a squad that got hot late and was a wild card team and ran through everybody and made it to the Super Bowl. And if not for Aaron Donald, might have won, (laughs) might have won the Super Bowl last year. So once they get Jamar Chase back, I think that there'll be, there'll be something to deal with too. But I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins is a team that the Kansas City, Buffalo, um, the Tennessee, like those, those type teams that people are kind of talking about towards the top of the AFC they need to be they need to be wary of Miami and the NFC like you just said it man the NFC is so wide open I don't know like I I'll I'll be completely honest I want Minnesota to be good man I like Minnesota I, I mean I like Justin Jefferson I've been a Dalvin Cook fan since he entered the league um I've been a Pat P- uh, Patrick Peterson fan since his days at LSU. Like I just like Minnesota, but they're so up and down sometimes. I don't know. I mean, you had the good win against Buffalo, then you get whooped by by Dallas the next week, and then you go and you, you handle business last night against against New England. But the team that I would say is San Francisco, San Francisco. It, San Francisco seems like they always a thorn in, in the side of the NFC <laughs> just because of their style of play. And their style of play travels, and it doesn't really matter where they are. They can go wherever cold, warm, on the road, at home, because they're going to play defense, and they can run the football. San Francisco is going to be able to play defense and run the ball. And if you can do those two things in the playoffs, you're, you're, you can win football games and almost win a, you know, win a Super Bowl. They swept they swept the Rams last year and almost beat them for a third time in the NFC Championship game to make it to the Super Bowl. They went on the road last year and beat Green Bay. On the road last year, beat, beat Dallas like – their style of play is, is perfect for the playoffs. So teams like Philly, teams like Minnesota, teams like Dallas, and team that they, the 49ers beat last year, the 49ers, they should be worried, especially with the addition of Christian McCaffrey. Those teams should be worried about the 49ers because they can make a run. They can make a run. And if I'm not mistaken, they're tops in their division right now. I think they're, top, they're tied with with Seattle, yeah, they're both they're tied with Seattle right now, and they're four and zero in the division. <laughs> San Francisco's four and zero in the division, so it's, the Forty Nine ers are forced to be reckoned with. I think teams should those top those top teams. You you look at that, that playoff bracket. You hope that you don't draw San Francisco in that first that first round.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm
0: right there with you with two of those teams for sure. One one I looked at was definitely Cincinnati. I mean, you know, they, they kinda you know, they were up and down in the beginning of the season. Um and then, you know, now they've been kinda been able to catch their stride here um lately. I mean they had to the, they had to the hiccup blowout loss that they had on that Monday night to um to Cincinnati not Cincinnati, to Cleveland. Um but outside of that, they've been kinda on a roll here. Um, and I mean, they got, they still got some big, big time matchups coming up, um, for the the rest of the year, but like you said, kind of like last year, they were, they got hot at the right time, rolled in in the wild card, and if it wasn't for Aaron Donald, they probably would have been Super Bowl champs, um, getting Jamar Jamar Chase back, um, will be big, um, this week they won't have Joe Mixon because of that concussion, but, um obviously whatever he gets back and then at at that point that offense is at full strength um the offensive line has gotten better um mm-hmm. st- still some still some issues but they have gotten better as the year went on so i would definitely be worried about uh i would definitely be worried about cincinnati cuz i mean they right now they're still only one game back in the division uh from baltimore which is just that one loss that they they suffered to the ravens so that's the difference in that one uh, so they are—they are definitely right there. And San Francisco scares the hell out of me in the NFC. Bro. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I know, though, I, I I know, I know. It was I know it was Monday night against Arizona, and there was no Kyler Murray. But man, dude, dude, that defense is crazy. I mean, offensively, you you can't be you can't be more balanced than. Maybe out maybe outside of Minnesota, uh, how balanced they have with the the plethora of weapons they got. I mean, Elijah Mitchell back now, adding Christian McCaffrey, um Debo Samuel obviously with, doing what he does. Brandon Ayuk is coming along this season. Um and the and they still got one of the top, you know, top five, top seven tight ends like in the league, and Greg Kittle. And they're just not even... I mean, George Kittle, I'm sorry. They're not even asking him to, like, you know, obviously do as much as he used to have, usually used to do. But they don't need that. They don't need him to do that much anymore now just because of the fact of all of the weapons that they have. And obviously, they they, they love Jimmy Garoppolo. So, i I am worried. <laughs> I would be... If I'm, like, if I'm Philly, Minnesota... Dallas, bro, I am I do not want to I do not want to play I do not want to play San Francisco I mean and we saw what they did last season for sure for sure definitely don't want to like if (laughs) like if I'm if I'm Philly or Minnesota I'm definitely right now I'm trying my best to keep get that one seed in to so where I can get that bye week and hopefully they end up being like a a a two or three tour. I don't have to play them maybe until that 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 conference championship game. Because yep. seeing them wild card weekend, even in even in the divisional round, I mean I don't know, man. That's a scary trouble. that's a scary team to play because it's just, you know, they they clicking. They're they starting to click really on all cylinders, you know, saying now that the fact that they're getting healthy, getting everybody back. Man, that is a scary thing to to want to play. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um For sure. So now we go ahead and get ready and go into these pickups in the NFL. Not a lot of not a lot of good games this week, but, you know, <laughs> Cause most of, well, the, I ain't gonna lie. The the, the is crazy. You see, the, the the real good games was actually yesterday. We we yeah, all three good. games pretty were pretty good, good games. Yesterday. All yeah. three games were pretty good. So, um, I think that's the first time in a while that you know you can sit here and say that we had all pretty all good games all through Thanksgiving. But um, uh, man, I guess uh, we go. You know, first game on tap, we'll go with um a, a big game in the AFC. Um for sure. Um and a uh, um a rematch of the, the division around last year, playoffs, the Cincinnati Bengals and um uh, the Tennessee Titans. We all know how that game went. Joe Burrow got sacked nine times when they still find a way to win, uh, obviously because of Ryan Tannehill, uh the poor game that he had, but uh it's a rematch. Obviously, um I'm you know, I'm here in Tennessee, so the uh the fans have kind of been They've been chirping about this, been talking about this, because they know last year might have been their, their time for them to to kind of make that possibly make that run, and and they had a team to do it, but obviously losing to Cincinnati um, hurt their chances. But like I said, Cincinnati's rolling, Tennessee is rolling as well. I mean, the they've 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 gone through this this November gauntlet, which isn't as strong as. We thought it was going to be as the the in the beginning of the season, but um, I mean, played Kansas City pretty well. Uh, obviously, didn't have Ryan Tannehill, and that they gone ahead and beat, beating the Broncos, beating the Packers. Now they got the Bengals here uh, this Sunday. Uh, man, big matchup. Obviously, uh, tiebreaker rules are going to it here as we get ready and go to the playoffs. Although I believe that the Titans, they they pretty much got the AFC South locked up, so they they're in, but. <laughs> um, man, big big matchup here, bro, between the Bengals and the Titans. Who you got in this one?
1: I think this would be a good close game, man. Um, initially, initially, just me being me and having you know spent time in Tennessee and all all the Titans fans that I know would just love to see Cincinnati go down there and win. Just so they could be mad for another weekend, <laughs> um, but I'm both teams are clicking at the right time. I think Tennessee is picking it up as well. I just, I just, I just don't know, man. I I think getting Traylon Burks back this past week was big when they went and played Green Bay over Green Bay. I think that was, I think that was really really big. It was Jamar Chase. I don't know. I know people like Joe Burrow came out and said they expected expecting him to play this weekend. they expected him to play on Sunday. Is he going to be Jamar? Is he going to be 100%? Who knows? Um, I'm going to roll with the Titans. I'm going to pay the Titans to win at home. I think just the absence of Jamar this weekend for this game, I think that still might be a little too much. Them to overcome, even though I mean T Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd did their thing this past week. Um, I can't remember who they played last week, but they they balled out, made plays last week, and then obviously Joe Mixon doing his thing. Hayden Hurst getting into the mix as well. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna go with Tennessee at home to win this to win this one. It was a uh, it was Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh, yeah, yep. yeah. Um, and that was a good solid win too for Cincinnati yeah. as well. They find sure. a way to win
0: games, like you said. Uh, Man, un- honestly, I hate to see either team lose, man, because like I said, both teams are rolling and rolling pretty good. Uh, obviously, yeah, the addition, Tennessee getting the, getting trailing Burst back, uh, I mean, even getting Ryan Tannehill back to where they can have some type of formidable passing game um, It's kind of helping uh, Derrick Henry as well. Um, I think the fact that uh, – I, I love Jamar Chase. I do. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously there's a, there's a, uh, you know, there was talks of like Joe, Joe Burrow saying that it's looking like that he would play, that Jamar Chase would play. That's fine. But I I think the Bengals not having Joe Mixon. To to me, he is like, he is the, he's like the, <laughs> the secret ingredient or like the the piece to where, yeah, they got all those guys, but like, Trying to have Burrow drop back 50 times and throwing it to him, it, it, it won't always work. and You got to mm-hmm. have that balance to be able to run the football. And I think when Cincinnati is able to run the football, that helps them in totality with the offense. I mean, Samaje Piran is a capable running back, but he ain't Joe Mixon. And yeah. I think them not having Joe Mixon this week, um, it's going to probably hurt them just a little bit. And I think the Titans get revenge. Um, I'm going to go with the Titans. I think they will pull this one out. Um, I want to say Cincy is actually a road favorite, two and a half, so they got him by uh, at least, you know, by a field goal here. So, um, but I think having not having Joe Mixon um, may hurt uh, the Bengals this week um, because that's a, the Titans' defense is a stout. Uh, a style of rush rush defense for sure. Mm-hmm. And the secondary uh gives up a lot um through the air, but so that's us to interesting to see how that works. But um that O-line is gonna get challenged again um this week um uh, by the Titans. And I but I I, I like the Titans' chances in this one, so I'm gonna go with the Titans as well. Uh next matchup. Um, interesting game here in the NFC West. Um, man, well, it's not, actually, it's not in the NFC West. My bad. I I saw LA and I (laughs) thought it was the Rams, but it's not the Rams. Uh, it's actually the, the Chargers and the Cardinals. Um, man, the Chargers had a heartbreaker there against the Chiefs. They're sitting there five and five, trying to stay afloat to be in the mix, uh, in that, in that to stay in, in the playoff range. And then obviously, uh, the Cardinals, um, man, just an interesting team. You know, a lot of weapons there, a lot of pieces there, but it's just for some reason this year not coming together. Um, two teams is kind of struggling here. Who you got in this one between the Chargers and the Cardinals?
1: I'm going with the Chargers. I, I, there's that's those. When you sent me the 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 rundown, there wasn't too much hesitation. And then, who I was going with? I'm, I'm going with the Chargers in this one. I, I just think I think that they're a better team. I think they're playing better. Um, the Chargers is another team that I would love to see in the playoffs. In the injuries, just con- they they can't stay healthy for man. anything, man. One year is the defense; they can't stay healthy. One year is the offense. You had all year where Mike Williams and Keelan Nala have been hurt. Mike Williams was dealing with that with that high ankle sprain last week. Made some catches, did what he could. Keenan Allen, you know, in and out of the game as well. Made some big plays in that game too. Um, against against the Chiefs, I just think the I think the Cardinals are a mess right now, with or without Kyler Murray. I think they're a mess. Um, I don't know how much longer. I don't know how much longer Cliff Kingsbury is going is, is to be sticking around. Yeah, that that scene um, is hot. I don't know how much longer he'll be around in Arizona, so I'm, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Chargers.
0: I'm gonna go with the Chargers as well. Um, I I didn't want to spend too much time on it either, just because uh, I just think they their situation is a lot better than the Cardinals. Cardinals' situation is a mess. Um, Cliff Kingsbury's seat is is hot. It's probably. Uh, it's Because of, cause of the tenure there It's probably the hottest to me out of all the coaches I mean there's other coaches who see It's probably getting a little hot too um, But I think his is the hottest um, Because it was just The fact that they you know brought him in Then drafted Kyle the Murray, paid him all this money They're struggling um, It's just a, a complete mess um, And like you said, the Chargers Just always unfortunately getting hit With an injury bug So that, that always, always hurts them But uh, Keenan Allen coming back, Mike Williams. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play or not, but Keenan Allen coming back. Obviously, Austin Eckler is there. Um, Randy Staley is—he's is, 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 doing a decent job, but I, I do think at times they are—they're holding back Justin Herbert. But in this matchup, I like the Chargers yeah. easily. I like the Chargers easily over the Cardinals. Um, and in the Sunday night matchup here, uh, man. Like I said, in the beginning of the years, you'd have seen this on paper. You'd have definitely thought this would be a a, a bigger matchup, but it's not. Um, it's not really that big. But <laughs> uh, Green mm-hmm. Bay Packers, Philadelphia Eagles, obviously Philly best record in the league. Um, do you think they'll go ahead and get this one, or will Green Bay pull off another upset like they did a couple of weeks ago against the Cowboys?
2: Nope. Nope.
1: Nope. I'm taking the Eagles. Uh, um, Like I said, early in the season, you see this, you're like, oh, man, this is big. Yeah, nah. Nah. I got the Eagles. I I don't – I think that defense, this is going to be one of the better defenses that Green Bay has seen all year from a totality standpoint. I think this defense – might be better than Dallas's. I think definitely that Darry, the two corners with Darius Slay and James Bradbury, they're gonna show the, those rookies, them young guys that that uh that Green Bay has. This is this is this is a big man. going to a grown man league. Move to the grown man league. Um obviously it's Aaron Rodgers and Got to be respected. You got to expect that he's going to make some plays, make some throws and everything. I just don't think they're going to have enough and make enough plays to be able to beat Philly at home. So I'm I'm going with Philly. I think that was a, in my opinion, that was another no brainer.
0: Yeah. I'm going to take Philly too. Um, think they'll make sure that they uh stay afloat here and, and not uh lose lose here to Green Bay. Um them being at home. Um like I said, obviously you never can really count on Aaron Rodgers. Um because a couple of his receivers like you know Christian Washington was starting to come to form and uh Lazard and then there's Randall Cobb back out there. So um it's 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 been there but um I think, you know, obviously this would be, like you said, the best best defense in overall and totality that they will face uh, all season with the Eagles, Uh, Slay, Bradbury, um, that defensive front um, is crazy. Although the Eagles have been struggling um, stopping the run the past couple weeks. So we we, we can (laughs) – that, that, that could be, you know, uh, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones type of game. We, we can see, but I still think Philly has enough to pull it off. So I'm going to go with Philly as well uh in that one. Man, so we're getting ready here to wrap up another episode. Uh, this has been a good one. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the having to talk about the underrated rivalries, man, because I feel like a lot of those rivalries that we mentioned don't get enough love or have kind of been forgotten about. Um, because of the way things have gone history wise and some of those rivalries and the other rivalries kind of taking over now. But definitely, definitely love that we talked about that. Um once again, prayers to the to the uh University of Virginia uh campus, um the family involved in, in every in the horrific shooting. Um our prayers are definitely with you all. Um as you're trying to to go through um, this troubling time here that's that's been going on. Um the World Cup is underway. I don't know if everybody, if y'all into soccer like that, uh for I don't know how, but the USA ended up ended up getting in a tie with, with England. I, I ain't gonna lie, didn't see go. that coming, bro. Didn't 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 mm-hmm. really see that coming. I thought, you know, England was supposed to be one of the better teams uh out throughout the whole World Cup. So um that's good though. I think that's a point. I think that's a point that they get
1: each for even with the draw. So, um, yeah, man. they have to they have to win. They have to beat Iran on Tuesday to be able to go into the next round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they got to sure. win for sure.
0: But uh, man, any any um any last words,
1: any remarks that you got for the people, man? Yeah, it's blessed to be able to be here and make it to. The holidays, I was telling my folks. Um there's not I'm not able to come home a lot. I'm not able to come home a lot during the year, let alone come to South Carolina to see my, you know, this side of my family and everything. So just the ability to be able to come back and see my, you know, see my family, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, things like that is is a blessing. So I was just grateful. To be able to do that and share some more moments and memories with them this past week and continue to do this podcast and everything coming up on another year uh, like you said, December is days away, getting ready for Christmas and the new year and everything so um, it's an exciting time man. it's an exciting time of year so just just thankful for for this for this opportunity and um the new opportunities, new things that'll be coming um in the future, man. I'm excited for what this podcast has in store and um what's going on in my life, your life as well and everything. So just excited, excited man.
0: Yeah, same for me. Um glad, thankful, you know, the obviously spend time with my family uh, I mean, it, it was a little different this year. It wasn't uh, a big gathering that we normally usually have, but all in all, just blessed and um, glad that we were even able to um, meet up with each other. Um, yeah, it, it is an exciting time of the year as we go through the holidays. Um, and then also, you know, check in, you know, just check in on some people that you may have, you know, spoken to in a while, because even though it's an exciting time here for the holidays, for some people, uh, for others, you know, it's it's um it can be challenging, you know, they might have, you know, lost loved ones or uh, family members or, you know, significant others. And, you know, they they may feel like this time of year isn't the same anymore just because, you know, they don't have that certain individual or individuals um, here anymore. So, um, you know, just kind of checking in on people from time to time that you can uh, if you, you, know, you ever think about it, uh, because, you know, they they're, they're going to need that for sure um man continue to keep um supporting the podcast um sharing it whenever an episode drops um listening to it uh continue to follow the the social media pages for it um and just you know also continue to spread the word on on, on the podcast as we you know continue to grow it and want to get uh get more listeners uh involved as well um man um there's black women protect black women, love black women. No means no. No means no. You know, um, some of y'all probably had to answer some questions yesterday with the family, wonder about who your little friend <laughs> or what happened to your little friend or something like that. But, you know, if you got that, continue continue to, you know, treat them respectfully. You know what I'm saying? So as as the year goes along, as we get rid of the wine, wind down 2022, uh, you know, oh, man. Let's see. Who? What am I forgetting? Oh, um. Uh, I know it's kind of late, but I'm gonna give get the shout outs. You know, since we we are both uh members of the Divine Nine, man. Uh, happy, uh, related Founders Day and Centennial um to the to the mm-hmm. ladies of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated uh celebrating their hundred years. Um and then shout out also uh, uh Belated Founders Day to uh the men of Omega's High Five Fraternity Incorporated uh both of those uh, organizations just celebrated um just celebrated uh their respective uh Founders Day uh, mm-hmm. definitely man, man yeah. you hey 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 you coming up on the celebration too <laughs> my brother <laughs> yeah yeah we got about, about, about a week out, man yes yeah. sir yes sir but a week yeah. out so. Man, so it's, it's yeah, we're doing a lot of celebrating here, man. But once again, we will appreciate y'all, man. Continue to like and support the podcast. Uh, Keep listening and supporting, man. Until the next time, this has been another episode of the Easy Money Sports Podcast. Peace.